0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order, additional terms apply.
2: The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of W.I.L.K.'s staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on W.I.L.K. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? I'm just fine. Yes. And um, um, I'm just thinking that today is uh, a a really nice day, considering the garbage we've been through in the last couple. Garbage. That was awful. I mean, you know how with all the the wind, with the rain, with the tornadoes, with the trees all over the place, it's just a nice yesterday and today nice calm spring days Mm -hmm. it's very nice yes of course there are those who would say you couldn't appreciate it unless you had those crappy days that's right all right fine i'll buy that i'll buy it yep so what's going on in your world oh lots of stuff but today
3: i am driving to um philadelphia Mm -hmm. because i'm having a little early mother's day with my youngest child who will be coming in from d.c to philly and um we are going to have dinner in maniunk and cad yours truly meyer and uh, sean and his girlfriend emma Connolly, and who listens to us all the time on our podcast and <laughs> and uh fran notariani will join us and we're surprising because you can hear this because it'll be afterwards but we're surprising fran by bringing sue notariani with us so she can have dinner with us too to fran so he doesn't know but that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. sean is in um philly because i did not talk about this but sean will be um um i guess it's inducted into phi beta kappa the society and it in the case you didn't know which I re, I knew what it was but I wasn't sure so what it is is the oldest honor society for liberal arts and sciences in the United States it's widely recognized and considers as the nation's most prestigious honor society Phi Beta Kappa and aims to promote and advocate advocate excellence in the liberal arts and sciences and to induct the most outstanding students of arts and sciences of America College of American College colleges, and universities. It was founded in, wait here, you hear this, 1776 on December 5th. It wow. is so old. At the College of William and Mary, and it was the first collegiate Greek letter fraternity. It was among the earliest collegiate fraternal societies and remains the oldest existing American Academy Honor Society. Um, so, uh, it, I, I love what it says. It, it means which means, the Latin letters, which mean love of learning is the guide of life or philosophy is the governor of one's life. So he, um, and you, how you get in is you have to be nominated by one of your professors. Oh. And he you can either be nominated in your sophomore or your junior senior or your first year out of college Mm -hmm. and so sean one of sean's teachers he thinks it's one they don't really tell you but he thinks it is um he when his thesis was done then this professor so he waited till he actually graduated so he could have all of that to put forth for sean's nomination Mm -hmm. and so he um is being inducted on the 12 uh, which we're you're taping we're taping on a thursday so friday the 12th of may he will be inducted at penn and this year out of all of the children who graduated the people should say who graduated from penn in all four of the colleges um, only 136 people out of thousands and thousands got in from penn that's nice so he we're very happy very thrilled Mm -hmm. he's very excited and it it is a big honor so we are grateful and you had said to me why didn't you say that before and i forgot so since it's actually happening now congratulations to
2: sean that is really quite an accomplishment honestly that's it
3: is an accomplishment he's doing doing great he really is is, so we're quite give a, please give him a kiss
2: for me i'll give him a big smooch yeah. i'll tell give him, him, him a lot of smooches yes just tell him i'm very proud of him yes it's nice to know somebody who's and at you know, that when, level. and when we were told patrick you're patrick the
3: other night you heard him he's like wow that's yes. terrific yep so yes yeah. yay watch
2: <laughs> <laughs> clapping for him. a little applause a little applause so
3: what are you doing uh you you have your coming in for the weekend i hear no, no that's no. father's day that's, that's right that's, for that's father's right day, yes
2: so what are you doing we are just chilling out i am very happy to not have to do anything
3: yeah
2: okay. and that's okay um but we also wanted to say uh we were over at natalie's on saturday yes, night we last were. week wonderful restaurant mm-hmm. wonderful neighborhood restaurant that really the quality of the food is just superb and we also rank the iced tea way, way up, there. up there yes yes and especially good the other night even yes you said it was
3: there's something about it i don't yeah, know it was really good was so good. we
2: want to do a shout out to them
3: to pat and tony who own it mm-hmm. so we go there every now and then and we like it we love so it. yeah so it's yes, good. hello
2: to them i have a story to read this morning yes uh, is a 59-year-old gynecologist with a burning desire to to retire from the madness of medicine as it is practiced today. She remembers the good old times when you could take as much time as you wanted to visit with a patient and to have the time to hold her hand. With the business end of medicine being what it is and the alphabet soup of codes and accountabilities, she feels the loss of her passion to help others being drowned by the mountains of paperwork and the secrecy of the profession. Her longing is fueled by her desire to have more time to spend with her grandchildren, whom she fears will grow up not knowing her. They live a plane ride away, and it's tough to get that kind of time off to decompress and then be fully with them before she has to board a plane to come home. Her granddaughter, Katie, is growing into a beautiful young girl with great aspirations she wants to champion. Her grandson, Kyle, is just starting to develop his musical talents with a gaggle of guys they call a group, and he's so eager for her to hear him play the drums. The pull is very strong to move to their hometown and be with them before they go off to college and forget her. Her husband, Dave, has been retired for some years now and has been begging her to take some time with him to visit the grandkids more often. The medical practice is depending on her to keep their numbers up, so they all continue to get their bonuses and benefits. What should she do? Typical of most women, Esther wants to please everyone else, and her wishes are last on the list. She sought some outside help on this one and came to see me. I could see the stress written all over her face. Once we had a chance to talk and put it all out on the table, she saw how her desires were being compromised by a misbegotten belief that her purpose in life was to make everybody happy. When this became clear, she had the guts to declare her own desire to move to the warmer climate, sell the house they lived in in the Northeast, way too big for the two of them and moved to a condo with maintenance services provided by an association, all in an effort to be near her daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren. She had given over 35 years to the medical practice and believed she could be bought out by the corporate giant who told her she would have that option once she reached 60. She would love to work with a smaller group in a smaller city where her skills would be more appreciated by a less hectic population. She would be talking to a recruiter in the next two weeks. I looked at her retirement situation and shared the good news. With her 401k balance, her pension from the old practice, her social security and her husband's retirement income, they could choose to forego any income producing responsibilities on her part. That brought a huge smile to her face. That was not what she was ready to do, but she loved knowing she had the option. Her homework was to begin looking for condos in the town near where her daughter's family lives and get her monstrous home ready for sale. The end. Yes. Okay. And there we are. So that's Ms. Dr. Esther. I
3: got it. Mm -hmm. And also I want to tell you too, um, last Thursday night we had a Lackawanna County Commission for Women panel discussion on opioid abuse, which was great, nicely attended. Uh, We had Laureen Cummings, Commissioner Cummings, Lackawanna County. We had John Knowles from Clearbrook. We had Bill Dempsey, Dr. Bill Dempsey from the Wright Center, Scott Constantini from the Wright Center, Julia Munley from uh who was a uh common please Lackawanna County judge and from a the DA bench.
2: from the yeah
3: <laughs> and uh D uh Lackawanna County District Attorney Shane Scanlon so mm-hmm. it was very nice nicely done it was at the Cultural Center and it was it'll be re-aired on ECTV and it was very good so that and then Sunday we went uh Deb Peterson and I went to Katie Gilmartin's um rally or brunch Brunch. at posh and that was beautifully done well attended and katie as we know is running for school board uh scranton school district and school board and so it was very nice so we've been to several of her events and um it was great so yay katie that's good go katie (laughs) yeah
2: go katie go
3: katie go katie oh please (laughs)
2: Let us not start. So here. what? So what else? Um, I w- <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the pollen out there. Uh, I was asked to be on a panel uh, next week. Not next week. Yes, next week in New Jersey um, on women and philanthropy by the Raritan Valley Community College, and they will have two panel discussions back to back um, starting in the morning and the first one will be about the people in the field of philanthropy who are professional fundraisers and um, plan development kind of people and then the second half of it will be where I will be involved which is part of, of three of us and we are all people who are on the money management wealth management side of things and we're going to discuss Our panel, at least, will discuss some of the ways that men and women choose to give and why do they choose to give. And is there, in my case, is there a difference between what motivates a woman to do some planned giving versus a man? And we did some research prior to this, uh, which... always a good thing Um, (laughs) yeah it's a good thing and we found that there were some very interesting pieces to this I'll just read a couple of them but um, there's a a, a new relatively new subclass of of people who give which is what we call um, single women I put single in quotes because it's not women who have never just women who have never married but women who are single because they've been widowed or divorced and those who choose to be single so we're finding that with those women um, they tend to give 89 percent more money than their male counterparts which is 89 89 percent yeah that's that's pretty big and what they are motivated by is uh, things that as you would suspect are things more involved with social issues like hunger for children um children who need um Housing, which would be things like um, habitat for humanity, things along those lines. And that's where they focus their time and attention, even things like uh, domestic violence. Whatever the issues are that are relative to women and children, that's what appeals to these single women more than environmental issues or giving to colleges, just for the heck of it. But they have, they're very focused on a cause. And once you can identify what their cause is, then they do contribute a significant amount more than their male counterparts millions so yeah. it's an amazing statistic because this subclass of women didn't really exist before and
3: I think a lot of it has to do with I would go way out on a limb here yeah. and say a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't have to ask anybody's permission That's or correct. decision or collaborate with someone and say could we do it this is what I want you don't have to listen to somebody
2: else you just make those decisions yourself and it's not really often determined by the tax relief that it would give it's not an issue for a lot of women mm-hmm. But Although for men, get it but yes yeah, but for men that's that what is motivates the it and that's
3: okay that's fine i say i don't care how you give give yes exactly give so all right okay so we are um going to take a break next up we have uh as we we always say the lovely and talented attorney barbara j o'hara you're listening to the Laurie and lynn show we will be right back
2: here's Laurie and lynn
3: Good morning good morning how are you just jim dandy thank you See, it, pun jim dandy all the way around oh okay i'll tell you later well, i, I, I have it. to talk I'm, about our set do you i get We're it the- third oh. segment okay yes. go ahead
2: <laughs> go ahead lynn oh. <laughs> Okay, my name is Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women.
3: Available on Amazon.com. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we are here with the lovely and talented. She makes me say that, doesn't she, Lynn, when uh-huh. she wrestles me when she walks Every the week. Door barbara j o'hara attorney barbara j o'hara who is uh, a a local attorney practicing family law for the last 36 years barb is a partner with hughes nichols and o'hara on drinker street in Dunmore, all the way up drinker street and she's been doing this a long time y'all so you better listen up everything (laughs) she has to say hi barb hi how are you i'm great how are you good nice to be here did you notice did before we start, did Lynn did Ray tell you we gave him a big shout out, your husband of many, no. many years? No, when did week? you last, last week.
2: week. Ah, what did you say? Well, remember well, I told you about the thing where he said, you know, you didn't ask, so he didn't tell right. you that he yes. saw me. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we came on the air then I gave a big shout out to Ray. Mark. To Mark. Oh, Lynn, Mark Lynn and mentioned Sid. it. Oh did he? Yes. Okay. And to oh. said preaching. So, so everybody we said Ray's the wife of our one of our
3: sponsors, no, Barbara. He's Jail. the husband. Husband Jesus. <laughs> People understood. <of> <laughs> People understood that. <laughs> oh, dear God. Not anyway, Barb, what are we talking about today? What we're talking about
0: our expectations in divorce. Uh-huh. And I had started this before, and uh, we were ran talking so much, we ran out of time. So we're going to so pick we it up. So we're going to pick it up in part two about God, expectations. that was a month already? That was yes. a month already. Mm-hmm. These months are going quicker. Yeah. So um, some of the things we had, had discussed before was... Um, don't expect to come away with with a windfall, and people do expect to come away with things they don't have. And I've had a handful of times where people will say, well, I want a brand new car, or I want a Mercedes. And if you don't have a Mercedes in the marital pot to divide up, you're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't this have it before, not, how do you have it now? Exactly, exactly, but I've had women... But some people and, and do it, do like those and it weird is buyouts, don't they, it, It's the female gender that will say, this is what it. I want. Or I had one lady ask for a tummy tuck. I had one lady um, ask for a Mercedes. They didn't have a Mercedes. I had uh, another lady ask for plastic surgery. And uh, you know what? You're not going to get a (laughs) parting gift so <laughs> this uh, don't ask your attorney to come up with things that you don't have That's you're not divorcing line. donald J. Yes. trump okay <laughs> uh, secondly d- don't don't try to hide any money we went over that before because there's always a trail of it and you are divorcing the person that knows the most about how you manage money how you would hide money how you would spend money so the whole idea of, oh, we'll be able to do this, we'll be able to do that. Number one, you don't want to be caught in something unethical or or, or commit perjury, number one. And secondly, he knows it already or she knows it already. And the people who hide money in the – I've had people hide money away. in – cinder blocks in the Uh in the garage that were all cemented up i mean there are plenty of places where people will try to hide things you're living with the person who you told it to (laughs) <laughs> You're living with the person who knew when you were going out and hiding it in the in the cinder blocks. So uh, you know what, to, to then pretend like it never existed is ridiculous.
3: But Barb, do really things happen where people think like it's a family business and they know this things aren't good, so they start taking stuff uh, like giving putting money somewhere else for it? Yeah, them? People that do does that. happen.
0: That does happen. and and it's also very, very tough. To prove that, because people will say, well, I had a downturn in business. So, yeah, exactly. how do you prove do that you? that was intentional Even or unintentional? Accounting won't account for that, right? right. Really? Right. Because if if you're squirreling money away from your business, right, I, what I've seen is a lot of people get in trouble doing that. Okay, so I was trying to keep it away from a spouse and divorce, and now what ended up happening. I didn't report it, now I'm in trouble with the IRS. Yeah, true. Okay, oh, so you know what, yeah. you start doing things like that, not only is it unethical and perhaps perjury, but you also could be getting yourself into even deeper water, okay, hot water. The, the next was um, don't do things out of spite. And although that sounds very, like our rational minds say, oh, of course she wouldn't do things out of spite. People do things out of spite all, all the, time. the time. So it not only
3: does, does even the it simplest of things that you think, you
0: know, yes, you know what? Don't go out and, and gouge the car. Don't go and carve your initials, <laughs> initials.
3: or what you want, <laughs> what you
0: think of your spouse in their le- in the leather in their seats. Or, uh, Seen uh, their it, been there, and done that. It, you end up paying for it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. So no. And please don't say to your attorney, but it's the principal. No, it's the money. <laughs> so you know what, you, you look at, at this and say, okay, yeah. fine. You should be making good rational business decisions based on what's in your best interest. Mm-hmm. You should not be doing things out of spite because number one, it accelerates the divorce beyond where it should ever have gone. And you will end up paying for it in the end and looking bad doing it. Um, Next was don't compare divorces. People do this all the time. Whether it's at the hair salon or on a bar stool, they'll say, but this is what this person had to pay their wife, or this is what this woman got in support. Now, you don't know what they make, and you can't say, well, they got so much per kid. How come I'm not getting so much per per kid? Number one, you don't know what they make, and it's all a basis of what they make and what you can prove. So, yes, if you're under reporting income and you have filed a joint tax return with this guy who underreports income for the last fifteen years, and you've signed that joint tax return to now say, "Well, I should be able to get two thousand a month in child support when you're only reporting eight thousand, okay? <laughs> That's not going to be a realistic expectation, and don't tell me that your neighbor next door, or the lady at the beauty salon, or the guy sitting next to you on a bar stool, said, "This is what you should have to pay," or "This is what what you should be getting." Okay, because you can't really compare. There's a lot of different variables, and you don't know their situation. Yeah. Um, next is don't try to surprise your spouse by serving them in public. I have people you know ask me to do this. Well, let's try to embarrass him or her, you know, we'll bring the process server to their place of business or whatever. When you start a divorce to tr- that ugly. It just gonna continues be yeah. to be ugly mm-hmm. and to not settle down. Right. So when you look back in hindsight and say, "Boy, was that really a good move and did that benefit me?" Like and that's where the spite comes in. Cuz a lot of times people will say, "Oh, you know what all the guys at the shop will be you know will see him getting served by the sheriff or a constable or whatever honest to goodness that really isn't worth the um, the retribution that you're gonna get so I try to dissuade people from doing that because if the divorce starts out on the ugly level it doesn't go down from ugly very fast
3: mm-hmm.
0: instead it'll stay ugly or it gets uglier so, you know, it's not something I, I typically do, and it, usually, if my client's gotten served in public, either by a constable or uh, or served by the other spouse, it's just the wrong way to do yeah. it. And you so know, a
3: lot of that, some of that that kind of story? some. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, well then what's power, the, what's the, optimum way, the optimum, optimum way to do that? The optimum way I send home? it certified mail.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, to the so house. it's
2: you and your postman okay
0: and he's not looking inside the envelope Mm -hmm. he just wants you to sign that green card and he'll get on his way right okay because he doesn't care what's in the envelope right Mm -hmm. and he's not going to pass judgment of looks like you just got served buddy but the people at work or the people that you know you're a teacher they call you down to the office because they're serving you at school all of those people know And the rumor goes out throughout the whole school, factory, business office, whatever. It's, you don't need to do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And unless the person's evading service at their residence or won't tell you where they live, they're the only times I would do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, Lastly, don't fight over things you don't care about. you'd be surprised how many people will say, I wanna get back, and it's usually over personal property, like your, your household furnishings, things like that, where they'll say, well, I wanna get this TV back, but you know what, I don't need it, and I'll just give it away anyway. And then you look and say, what's the cost benefit of this? Because we're gonna spend, what, a couple thousand dollars fighting over a TV that's now not something you want, not something you need and something you're gonna give away. And you look at that and say, that's not a good business decision.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And th- the tough part about a lot of these divorces is that people are very emotional. This is the spouse that hurt them, cheat on them, ruined their reputation, or literally just left them because they, they didn't wanna be with them anymore. So there's a lot of pain and hurt. And that I understand, but then to translate that and say, okay, fine, because that person hurt me, now I want to do this. Number one, it doesn't help you. It runs up your legal fees. And someday soon, you'll say to your attorney, why am I paying you all this money? Well, your attorney's doing it because you asked them to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're running after personal property in the house. To be honest with you, never something that's worth your while, unless you have grade A class antiques and I haven't seen one yet
3: yeah, uh, or something that's personal to uh, your family or yes personal right? to your
0: family yeah and to be honest TVs? with you the person who who dislikes you the most in the world knows you what's personal to your family mm-hmm. and people you know without any good reason will give them away destroy them sell them in yard sales, sell them on craigslist do all of those things because they know you like that stuff right I'll get rid of that stuff and really, I tell clients never to do that because they're the things that people will value. Oh, that was worth $1,000, and you sold it in a yard sale for 50 Well, maybe we should charge you that, that amount of money of what it was worth. Very difficult to prove what used furniture, used appliances, used um, electronics are worth, but you know what? It creates... Uh, just such a a horrible and vengeful kind of situation that people are saying well he did this to me or she did this to me what are we going to do to get back and instead of settling your divorce and putting it behind you and moving on to something happier for you you know you're caught in this retribution of they did this so i'm doing that
3: barb in your opinion of all these years doing this do you still find that old sort of thought process that men don't leave the marriage unless there's someone else and a woman will do it regardless?
0: Generally, I still find that Mm -hmm. because, uh, and I know this is an overgeneralization, it's certainly not everybody, but a lot of guys aren't gonna leave even a bad marriage as long as they're comfortable enough. Yeah. Okay, so, and I think I chalk it up to inertia. I mean, there are some people that say, (laughs) I'm just not moving. You know, am I happy? No, we haven't been happy for years, but I wasn't going to do anything until she filed or until I I found found somebody at work or whatever. And you see in some marriages where people were just kind of complacent and said, okay, we're riding it out. And were they happy? No, they weren't happy. But I think a lot of people just kind of are complacent. Okay. And- you know if you're asking me genders yeah i find that more that if you talk to men about how happy they were which is not a conversation i usually initiate but because it's no fault divorce do i need yeah. to do a happiness meter i don't yeah um well, t- yeah, t- just, it, but tell everyone how they can get in touch with they you they can get in touch with me at Oh gosh three four four seven one seven one and i'm located in dunmore at 1421 east drinker street in dunmore and um i do divorces divorce custody support in lackawanna
3: luzerne susquehanna wayne and wyoming there you go okay thank you barbara thank you. always nice to be here thank okay, you Okay, we will be thank right you. back you're listening this morning to the laurie and lynn show
2: here's laurie and lynn morning good morning how are you i'm fine how are you great my name is lynn evans i'm the president and ceo of northeastern financial consultants we're a fee only financial planning firm in clark summit i'm also the author of a book called power of the purse fear-free finances for baby boomer women available on amazon.com thank
3: you because <laughs> i was drinking my iced tea <laughs> i'm laurie cadden the owner of laurie cadden enterprises which is a fundraising pr and special event business and the reason i just said to barbara about the um jim dandies and how apropos was because v-rec who is our next guest Mm -hmm. has is on the old site of Mm -hmm. jim dandy so that's the reason i said and barb got it she said she said third place that's what she was saying so anyway go ahead introduce our lovely young lady
2: megan Lashinsky from veterinary referral and emergency center otherwise known as vrec Mm -hmm. in clark summit pennsylvania she attended johnson college scranton pennsylvania did a rotating internship at cornell university hospital for animals worked in intensive care unit emergency and anesthesia and surgery department and physical rehab department she's been the lead surgical technician at vrec since the uh since it started and she's um has a great interest in surgery but also has a desire to help in the recovery process this is where rehab comes into place so welcome megan Thank you for having me. Well, I'm thrilled you're here. So we want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on at VREC, yeah, and about your role in um, in assisting Dr. Nicole Denova, who is. What she call herself the head cheese <laughs>
3: something but the, the lebron fromage yeah that's what she calls <laughs> but what i call the it.
2: grand poobah yeah that
3: one too big uh, wig head honcho all those yes yeah, yeah. that and <laughs> <all> that, <laughs> that, <laughs> and that. Yes. yes that's it and she is chief of surgery too right yes. so that she and you are you work directly with
1: her yeah megan on everything that's great yeah so where did you two meet we met at another local emergency clinic um, mm-hmm. back, oh, geez, maybe seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she ended up opening VREC and I ended up going
2: with her there. Um, and then that's our story. We've been together kind of ever since. <laughs> and so how many of, of the people that were working with you in the other hospital um, are now part of what we would maybe call the veterans, the people who've been um, the just longest? Just a handful of us. Yeah? Uh, yeah, just a couple. And mm-hmm. so you went from that to, I don't I don't know how many uh, employees there are now, over 60? I've lost track, yes. Yeah. Well over well 60. Over 60. Six. <laughs> God, think about that. <laughs> it's incredible. Very, very short period of time. I think yeah. seven years, isn't it? I, I mm-hmm. just saw That's something what I lost on, count of when we opened yeah, the LinkedIn. On or LinkedIn, or the, the mm-hmm. congratulations to Dr. Her, Denova yeah. for seven years mm-hmm. at this vrec it's unbelievable yeah Yeah. so what is one of your um most favorite your recollections of a situation where you had a dog or a cat that came in and everybody thought that poor thing was dead to the world Mm -hmm. and you guys did something that brought that animal
1: back. Well, I can just think of, since we're going to kind of talk a little bit about rehab today and kind of where that all fits into the whole recovery process, we had a little dog um, who actually was outside in the yard and got somehow into the shed um, and a bunch of wood fell on her. Oh, damaged her brain Um, she had brain damage and spent several days in the hospital kind of on just supportive care and oxygen she couldn't walk she couldn't feed herself she couldn't stand um, do any of that and so what I ended up doing was kind of getting involved with the owners and kind of setting up a little rehab plan Um, and after maybe a month of seeing her three to four times a week um, she's walking Um, she kind of made a full recovery Um, she was 10 (laughs) so Wow. <laughs> wow. Even it more fast. It was honestly a miracle. Um, uh-huh. I don't know how the little dog did it, but... Um, and we just saw her recently. She came in for something completely um, not related to what happened to her a year ago, but she kind of just made a visit into the hospital. Um, she ended up just kind of falling off the couch and just <laughs> had a little boo-boo, but it was nice to see her um, yeah. completely healed and like nothing had ever happened. And what kind? what type of dog is um, she? A little Pekingese. Her name
2: and was
3: the, Prissy. And they <laughs> live... Lo- uh, Obviously, the little, the smaller the Mm -hmm. dog, the longer they live in general. But um, that's unbelievable. Ten years old and was able to recap through
1: that. Wow. Yeah. So she's Aww. probably like my favorite story. I think. Oh to do, yeah, yeah. So, so the
2: rehab is something that's an informal program that you just do that. To right help now, out? yes. Um,
1: rehab itself, kind of over the last ten years, is kind of evolving. It's relatively new to the veterinary side of things. Obviously, in humans, they do it all the time for yep. surgeries and um, any sort of injury. But um, kind of on the veterinary world, um, in the last probably five years, it's kind of just the new craze. Mm. Um, Everybody's kind of into that. It's an alternative to, you know, some surgeries. Yeah. Um, you know, you do a formal rehab program with either a brace or something if there's an injury. Um, or another big reason behind it is dogs with arthritis. Um, oh, yeah. They go into a rehab program and it's getting weight off of them. It's kind of doing a multimodal approach where they're, you know, decreasing the amount of meds they're getting. They have to stay comfortable and then doing a lot of these exercises to help keep them mobile and moving. Um, and that's what all ultimately owners are looking for is just a better quality of life for them. Megan, um, do they
3: also get those, like in, like if you would go and get an injection of some kind of steroid or
1: so, does, does that work for dogs too? Yep. Yeah. They have injections <laughs> like <laughs> that. And <laughs> we can either do it into the, if there's a joint that's affected, yeah. either into that joint um, or like I said, just kind of long-term medications, almost like a, an ibuprofen. Um, they have like doggy ibuprofen that you would kind of <laughs> use um, to kind of help them get around or get through, you know, if there's a painful event or something. Mm-hmm. That's what you yeah. um so that's kind of a new and upcoming
2: thing um and is there something that you really actually have to have rooms I was just or places? You know, yeah, or so you, you definitely
1: that? need a, a space size. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah really. it's a thing. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, there's there's a lot of equipment with it. Um, there's treadmills, underwater treadmills, swimming pools. Oh, I love it. I love um, it. is it's Upground treadmills, and then all kind of balance equipment like you would normally, if you were to go to Allied, probably yeah, for, right, uh, for humans. Um, a human, all kind of balancing <laughs> this peanuts and like balls. like a Dr. And, Seuss book to me yeah. right now.
3: <laughs> like, think about it. Think about walking into a hospital with dogs on treadmills. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, like <laughs> dogs and cars. Like go, do, go, dog, go. You mm-hmm. know that book. Come on, that that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so now current- the tiny little. Treadmills.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you know like are they big are they like human size um the they're yeah they're about human size they're seven feet long and it's mainly they're longer because the dog stride is different than a human um so Mm -hmm. they kind of just compensate for that so
2: oh man, wow I could just, I'm just thinking of my two cats oh, being on God. a treadmill. You imagine?
1: <laughs> 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 <And> a lot <laughs> of it is geared towards dogs, but a yeah. good, oh, there man. are some yeah. cats that will do a lot sure. of the exercises. It might not be the underwater treadmill with the water, uh, um, yeah, but yeah. you can get them to do a lot of other exercises for injuries, whether it be a broken bone or, mm-hmm. like I said, an old arthritic cat or, you know, uh, a lot of things we see with dogs is cruciate tears. And uh, rehab is unfortunately a big part of the recovery process. It helps them heal faster um and so they're not laid up as long
2: <laughs> but well prior to this though prior to having had a formal program what what did you do for animals that really need that kind of just gave like you said gave yeah kind of just just
1: information for the owners things for them to do at home um a lot of it is unfortunately exercise restrictions and then that's kind of where the rehab program comes into place is where we can do exercises that help strengthen the muscles that are affected
2: um or the joints that are affected so you actually bring the animal to the hospital Mm -hmm. and you have a formal um well it is a formal thing i guess Mm -hmm. it's a formal um rehab appointment Mm mm-hmm And that's what you do is work with them on treadmills or whatever it is
1: yeah not so much at this point at the hospital yeah. like i That's said we need a little bit of a space for that um but it's definitely something that i know i'm interested in yeah. um, i'm currently enrolled there's a program through the university of tennessee um it's about a year-long program okay. i go through a bunch of um, online classes and tests um i'll have to submit some case studies to them and then i will take an exam next year to become certified in K9 I rehab gr-
2: i think that is great isn't that cool okay so na- maybe yeah. you
3: need to add a bump out and add some more room there yes. and say vrec <laughs> R, mm-hmm. R, mm-hmm. v VREC-Rehab. Yeah. yeah V-R-E-C-R. <laughs> <laughs> We're adding, it, adding an acronym. <laughs> another vo- uh, consonant. Mm-hmm. You heard that's what I was going to say? Vowel. Lynn. I said add another vowel. I mean consonant. <laughs> V-R-E-C-R. <laughs> well, that work. is
2: neat, Megan. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what, what's, um? how many other people then will be getting that designation? Are there other people going through this, just you? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So you're going to be all, you're going to be the whole rehab department? You're looking at it. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of you know, work, woman. that I've always kind of
1: wanted to do. I mean, if you look at my bio, yeah. you know, I graduated from Johnson in 2008. So this has kind of always been in the back of my mind and so mm-hmm. this is now kind of my opportunity to kind of go do what i want to do and did you yeah. know you always
3: wanted to work with animals yeah. your since you're a little girl yeah and you said to your mom this is as silly as that sounds
1: yeah yeah how <laughs> many animals do you have i have three dogs and one cat
2: what kind of dogs <laughs> three border collies oh they're so cute <laughs> yeah oh. they are they wow. are so um when when did you decide that you wanted to be a veterinarian okay. and I, I mean a not a veterinary but a, a technician a technician um probably
1: back in high school um just doing a couple classes they yeah. you know wanted you to kind of figure out what you wanted to do in life and um, i ended up kind of going around and doing just some shadowing at some local veterinarians mm-hmm. just going and spending the day there and kind of seeing what they do and how their technicians at that point kind of helped them and what their role was and that's kind of how it all started for me and it's neat that johnson offers that too yeah. that you can be right here yeah and do, do Close where to did home. you grow up uh right outside or right outside of Pittston.
3: okay yeah, so, so yeah i'm water.
1: all local yeah. <laughs> did you ever think that you might want to be a veterinarian i did but i kind of like the nursing aspect of it and okay. that's kind of where the technicians come in yeah. um i don't want to throw that term around because sometimes it can be a little um but we are we're so veterinary that's nurses same, right? that's mm-hmm. what we do um we're kind of the eyes and ears of the doctor. We're the ones taking care of the patients and we're alerting to them, hey, there's an issue here or there's an issue there. Or, How many of you are there at VREC? Um, nurses. Uh, nurses. Probably in all of the departments, maybe 25 to 30. Wow. Like we're, we're the core of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah wow <laughs> i didn't
3: realize there were that many mm-hmm. it's a lot i mean well you said there's 60 almost 60 mm-hmm. employees
1: right that it makes probably sense. average about three nurses to one doctor
3: yeah Oof, doing the nitty gritty there yeah <laughs> yeah
2: well um right now dr Genova is the only surgeon correct mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah wow a lot, a lot of work. Lot on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has toothpicks in her eyes.
3: And yeah. like Fred Flintstone <laughs> did that time. Remember? Do you remember that? I was yes. <laughs> Fred Flintstone from one time yeah. he, because he was. They gave him the wrong medicine. It really wasn't the wrong medicine. Right. They told him they had to keep him up. So Wilma put toothpicks in his eyes. <laughs> 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 like that's gonna. Ooh, that would hurt. Anyway, um yeah. So if anyone needed or wanted to. Uh, your services or to know more about the possibilities coming up, Megan, or anything about VREC,
1: how can they get in
3: touch? Sure, the The
1: hospital phone number is 570-587-7777 or we have a website which is www.vrecpa.com.
3: Perfect. (laughs) great that's great okay everybody we thank you megan thanks for joining us today you You were great me lynn we will see you soon and we'd like to wish everybody out there a very very happy mother's day happy mother's day to ann cad Naren, lynn Mm -hmm. Love you, mother. And to all of the mothers out there, whether you're a mother or you act as one or you take care of anyone who you consider to be a motherly role, we wish you the best day. So we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Be safe and please be nice. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Bye-bye.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,